Hello everyone, uh, welcome to a special lockdown episode of This Game Where, the first in a few, depending on how the lockdown goes on for, I suppose. So this is Chris, and over there is... Ashley! At home, not over there. A little boy on a screen. Yeah, I'm I'm a little boy on a screen. Yeah, and I'm a big boy on a screen. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, we're doing things a little bit differently today. Yeah, do you want to explain, so, Ashley? Yeah, I haven't had to have Chris come around to my house. He's at his house. So he's a bonus. Yeah, definitely. And I'm at my house. I'm in my dining room, sitting in front of a computer. My wife is actually in the room with me, but she's put headphones on so she doesn't have to listen to me drone on. Fair play. The episode is going to be a little bit different. We are bringing with us a game that we've been playing while we've been locked down, or whatever you want to call it, quarantine, and it's been sort of getting us through. So we, I've, I've got a fair few, actually, that I've been playing. Chris is the same yeah. I think, yeah, yeah definitely. And we're gonna we're gonna chat a little bit about it, but obviously because we aren't together, we haven't been able to bring the game to the other person, so we won't be doing sort of the second half of our our podcast where we've played it and we talk about it. It's, it's really just going to be basically just us talking about the game, and then that's it, the end. What do you mean? That's it? Well, you know what I mean. There's there's no like I like the middle bit, and then we go off and reflect on it and whatever. Like you've know, had games where um, the the memory actually you play the game and oh yeah, it's nothing like that at all. And I, I quite like that. Yeah, I mean, if that was happening with games that we've been playing this week, then we've maybe got issues. And yeah, definitely. Like the but, memories are different. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not cool. So that that also does mean that most of the games uh, potentially will be games that are available to buy if you like the sound of our mini reviews. Yeah, I mean, some of some of the games have been available in the past, haven't they? But they um, not all of them. Remember, burning rubber on yes, the. Yeah, some of them uh, have been. That's <laughs> yeah. what I was going to say. All right, some of them have been available, but some of them haven't been. So, okay, that's the preamble out of the way. Then that's the the establishing the format chat. So let's go for the lockdown chat because that seems to be the the norm at the moment. So, uh, what have you been doing with yourself during lockdown? Keep the time passing. Oh, all sorts. So I've been doing some working from home, uh, but not as much as some people, just bits and bobs here and there. I've been homeschooling my uh, five-year-old daughter, which has been interesting. Uh, it's been all right. What do you mean interesting? Uh, it's just been... What do you mean homeschooling? Yeah, exactly. It's been unusual to be in that situation of having to, uh, you know, not be a parent and be a teacher for her. It's been odd. So, been, so you've been giving her detention and things like that? Absolutely. No, it's been a case of, right, we'll do some work for 10 minutes, right, let's have a biscuit, right, let's do a bit more work now. It's <laughs> trying to, well, you know, she's five. I, I initially did the whole timetable and whatever, and that quickly went out the window after a, not even a day, let's be honest. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been doing that. I have been catching up on a bit of telly, which has been good in the evenings, obviously. I've started watching American Gods, which we mentioned oh, in a previous right. episode. I'm six episodes into that now. Uh, it is really? it is oh. very good. Right, okay. I've only watched two episodes of it, so I'll have to... It's made me think a lot. I mean, I, I love the book anyway, but the style of it is very reminiscent of Breaking Bad. you got lots of... You know where Breaking Bad yeah. had all those, those random shots of things uh, that were really filmed that really close it's got lots of that in yeah. it i really like the i think the grammar of it is the phrase you've, you've used before my low point however has been the point at which after watching four hours of dc superhero girls with her on netflix i thought has this been in you know too much <laughs> i will just say that it, it is a very good cartoon i have been enjoying watching it with her it's quite sarcastic and quite sassy it's it's got a good sense of humor as well uh but you know four hours of it that was maybe a bit much four hours of most things is too much yeah Computer I, games? I say that. Yeah. I, I, well, I was just thinking, H- Hannah 
started. She started yesterday playing Assassin's Creed Origins, right? The the one set in Egypt. Mate, because she's been watching me play it in the past, right? And has liked watching me, and she was at a loose end, so she she picked that up, and she loved it. She is loving it even. I came down this this morning, and she'd been playing it the whole time she'd been up. Right. She'd got up. The first thing she did was put it on, <laughs> and then she was playing it until I came down. So how many hours? How many hours straight did she play it for then? Right. Well, that would probably have been. Uh, what would that be? About seven hours. Jeez. She played seven hours worth. I should explain. I'm I'm sort of staying up through the night to get my uh, work done because Hannah's working from home, right? And needs a computer during the day, so I I sort of shifted onto night shift. So I got up uh, after dinner time, right? And she got up at seven. So uh, yeah, about seven hours worth of Assassin's Creed, which I was dead proud of her. <laughs> for to be honest, that bit my eyes hurt. I think watching it for plenty of that amount of time. It would make your eyes hurt. Yeah. You need to start blinking. Do you not get that? Like when you've been looking at the screen too long, a bit of a headache and eye pain. Is that just me? Not. No. Okay. No, I don't. But again, I genuinely actually think that that might be because you stopped blinking. <laughs> like a lizard. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I was going to say. You're like, you're like a lizard when you're in front of a screen. I, I used to work opposite you. It was like you were staring into my soul. Perfect. Because you just... Just a full day, eight and a half hours worth of not blinking. Of unblinking. Just staring. <laughs> Blood trickling down my face by the end of the day. Yeah. I will just give a shout out. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, appropriate to do so or not. I have been enjoying the Lockdown Parenting podcast. And obviously, this isn't something for you, actually, not being a parent. Is that Keza McDonald? No, that's um, Spawn Points. That's about just being a, oh, a, a parent yeah. gamer. That is also very good. I'll give that a shout out too. Lockdown Parenting is hosted by Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe. It's just all about, ah. so, um, hey, we're parents during lockdown. How's it working for you? Is it as rubbish as it is for us? And um, I'm quite enjoying that uh, a lot. I'm not sure in terms of our podcast, in if you imagine a Venn diagram between us and them, I'm not sure what the, the middle section uh the crossover. The crossover is uh, for our audiences. But if you are a parent and uh, fancy giving it a go, I would highly recommend it because it made me feel a bit better about some of my disastrous choices. <laughs> okay. So. As long as the children are all still, you know, around. As long as still breathing feral. at the end of the day, that's that's a good day in my book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> set, set the bar nice and high for, for ourselves. So what have you been up to anyway during lockdown? What have I been doing? Not very much, really. I my my big um, I working. I work with old people, as right. you as you know. So all of my work work has gone out of the window mm. uh, very early on, and won't be coming back for a fair amount of time. So I've been mostly my my sort of focus has been on getting out of the house and then getting back in the house without yeah. getting coronavirus. I've been doing the shopping. Mm-hmm. Does that count? Yes, something <laughs> you've done. Yeah. Obviously, we've been playing games. I've, I've got a few games on the go. I One of those, which we won't be talking about today in any great detail, but is helping me to learn guitar. Oh, okay. Which may allow you to guess what that game is. I think so, But that's yeah. another episode. I've been learning Spanish, but I've been doing that for a while. Have you been learning more Spanish during lockdown or not? Because I, I was reading no. an article yesterday about how people went into lockdown with all these big highfalutin ideas about how they'd do this, they'd do that. And actually now we're seven weeks into it that that's all gone by the wayside. It's all and, gone out the window. And uh, a, a day is considered successful if you've done the washing up. Yeah, well, I think I there's, there's a couple of things to pick up on there. But no, I haven't been doing more Spanish than I'd been doing before. But I'd been learning it 
slowly, very slowly for about two years. Right. And we went we went to Spain last year. Mm. I don't know if I told you, but yes, we went so to Spain last year. I had enough conversational Spanish to talk to uh, people in restaurants and things. And I had a really good conversation in a restaurant with the uh, waitress that was dealing with us. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I was quite proud of myself how much I'd managed to retain and put into use i remember when when i went to spain on holiday i tried to speak spanish to the waiters and waitresses and yeah i'd place the order whatever in spanish and then they just respond with it'll be with you soon sir just straight into english like they picked on my being english straight away even just from my hola at the start they just switched straight into english it infuriated me oh that i don't know why they do that that never happened to us at once they they were always very willing and a and ready to right. sort of let me try I went to Barcelona. Really, though. Maybe they're a bit more, uh, a bit more. No, sweetie. we went to Barcelona. Oh, That's wow. where we were. Well, I say that we were in a place called Villanova, right? Which is about sixty miles south of Barcelona. Yeah, it's quite far it's, then. It's a. Is it sixty miles? It might not be sixty miles. I might have. I'm, my geography is not the strongest. <laughs> we. It, it would take us about just under an hour on the train to get into Barcelona. Yeah, it's probably sixty miles. Villanova. Yeah, it's a really nice place for a start. Uh, as I say, we went into Barcelona, but even in Barcelona, people were very open to sort of me trying. So yeah, I've been learning Spanish for a while and I've just carried on doing it the way I normally was. I think if you make too many grand plans, you are setting yourself up not to achieve them. And Definitely. if it's too far out Definitely. of the of what you normally do, then you're not going to do it anyway. The mm. The guitar thing, I'm not sure how much of that will stick. It's the second time I've well, I'm being generous to myself there. It's probably the eighth time that I've I've picked up a guitar to to try and learn, wow. and uh, it's not stuck properly yet. I can play Wild Thing about about five bars of Wild Thing. <laughs> I, I can play um, Smoke on the Water. That's that's the extent of well, my there guitar. you go. I can't yeah. even play that. Really? <laughs> so, oh. No, I've never I've not tried to learn, but I know that it's notoriously easy to pick up. I was about 17, I tried to learn to play the guitar and did not get very far at all. I didn't have the, the patience at all. I started trying when in my last year of university, and actually off the back of Guitar Hero. Oh, really? Yeah, I nice. I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to try and learn. And I picked it up, did a quite a good job because it was like wind down time mm-hmm. at the end of my last year. And then started working and it all went out the window then. Never, I, I never really got back into it after that. But you're getting back on track now, which is good. Well, I don't know how getting back on track I am. I'm playing this game and I, I'm enjoying the game. The game is good, but we're not talking about that game. No, we're not. You know, you but, know how but, you said that you didn't want to ramble on too much at the beginning? We've been doing 15 minutes of ram- waffle. Of okay, well, let's before we wind up the, the ramble at the start then, uh, do you think Carabaskin did it? Uh, good question. I mean, is that a good question? Yeah. I definitely I'm, think Joe Exotic did it. What was it? <laughs> He did a thing. What, what was it? Well, probably all of the things, but definitely <laughs> Joe, Joe Exotic definitely tried to hire a hitman to have somebody killed. And regardless of what you think of, of Carol Baskin and whether you think she did or didn't do it, I don't think that Joe Exotic should have hired a hitman. I think he was a patsy, though. The, the documentary made me think that he was a patsy for those other two. Do you reckon? 
the guy that took over the zoo and, and yeah. the other chap, I can't remember the names now. I've only I've only asked you this because everything I'm listening to and everything I'm watching, everything is doing a tiger reference. So I wanted to do an obligatory tiger reference. Can you do a little sound effect of like a little tiger roar, um, just to sort of like it's a bit like a, a bingo thing or something? Can you add that in in, in post production? Oh, oh, right. Okay, I could probably do it while I'm editing. Yeah, yeah. I thought really, you meant you. you wanted me to do a little. No, tiger no, roar. that'd be embarrassing for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to point out my my final thoughts on uh, Tiger King. It's a bit like um, Jerry Springer at the end of the show. I said this to you earlier, but I'm just going to air my thoughts to the general public. I find it interesting how so was was it Doc, wasn't it? The guy who had that yeah. crazy zoo where you could pet the animals and all that, and then you've got Joe Exotic as well. That they were portrayed as being well-meaning to a certain extent. Yeah, it was quite two, strange. Two males, and then the one female that the show focused on, Carol Baskin, was portrayed as being a, a harpy from hell. And mm. I found that uh, interesting. Yeah. The, uh, the, the gender stereotyping and gender bias there. But that's that's for another show. Yeah. If if we're being charitable, then we say I would say it was allowed... It was allowed to sit that way by mm. the people that made the programme. And I'm... I'm not convinced, and I think I said this to you, I certainly said it to other people, but nobody comes out of that program looking good, frankly. No, they don't. And whether you're Carol Baskin, Joe Exotic, or any of the others, none of them really come out looking good. The Tigers, they come out looking good. The, the I don't Tigers know. Do they, all right. they did a lot of, of trying to eat people. That's Tigers' norm, isn't it? They were also in a dif- difficult situation, weren't they? I I'd probably about- try and eat Joe Exotic. <laughs> I think you're about to say, and I was I was going to agree with you that I think the zookeepers did come across fairly well, yes. in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's the guy. What I was say. The, the guy with is, no legs. He seems, well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. First episode or second episode, one of the first things I said to Hannah was, "Why do all of his keepers have limbs missing?" Well, the guy, the guy with no legs. He it was it was in a previous ac- an accident of some sort. I did read about it. I can't remember what details are. But again, I don't think the show made. I feel it like he sat down on a train enough. track or something. Was it? Well, like some sort of nineteen twenties yeah. movie with with a guy twiddling Someone a mustache. Someone tied him to a train. Track. Yeah, yeah, it might have been that. Definitely. But then there was there was the uh, the lady who did get lost her arm to a um, tiger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was another one as well. Joe Joe Exotic got attacked. Well, to be fair, you know, you work in a place with tigers, you know, it comes with territory. I was going to say, to be fair, you work with Joe Exotic and you are prone, <laughs> prone to the odd flare up, aren't you? I, I would have thought. Yeah, for some reason, Tiger King's become the show of the of the lockdown, hasn't it? It has. Right. And I think in 10, 20 years' time, when, when people look back on the lockdown, I think it'll be the thing that's talked about. Do you remember the lockdown when, when everyone, watched, everyone in the world watched Tiger King? Even your grand, they, they all watched Tiger King. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Your daughter will be on the psychiatrist's couch talking about how she was having to listen to Tiger King through the floor while she was trying to sleep. (laughs) I don't know. I've been watching on the the strength of a recommendation from Shut Up and Sit Down. Do you know Shut Up and Sit Down? I don't. Uh, Shut Up Up and Sit Down are... uh, Well, I say it it wasn't Shut Up and Sit Down. It was People Make Games. Do you know People Make Games? Nope, don't know them either. So People Make Games... (laughs) People Make Games is a set of journalists uh, who have been involved with Rock, Paper, Shotgun uh, and various other outlets. And one of them has been doing like lockdown board games, lockdown game shows and things like that. And he recommended five game shows that people won't have watched that they should watch. And one of them was Naked and Afraid. Right. And 
it's a show that I've seen before and avoided because obvious reasons. It sounds like it sounds er- erotic. Oh, what? needless titillation. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds very uh, prudish, doesn't it? <laughs> very. Did Mary Whitehouse? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, I, I thought I'd give that a go. We've watched three episodes. It's actually very good. What is Naked and Afraid, dare I ask? You get, uh, there's two people, a lady and a man, and they get sent to a place. They have to take off all their clothes, they have to survive for 21 days. Okay. So like um, a survival show. Just it with is a, a survival show, yeah. Just with a needlessly titillating title. I can see your point now, because, yeah. What are they afraid of? Each other? Depends, depends. Is there a jaguar in the jungle? Is, is Joe Exotic there with his tigers? <laughs> Maybe, could be. We are on 20 minutes. Of needless waffle. Shall we talk about the game then? Or shall I talk about the game? Yeah, so the game is... What? What is this game? So, it's this game where... No, we're not, we're not doing that today. So, oh. it's a game <laughs> It's a game called Etherborn. Now, mm. have you heard of Etherborn? You're nodding. Yeah, I, I've heard of Etherborn. It was, so, it was on Fick. Yes, it was. You're correct. It was uh, crowdfunded. Oh, I did not know it was crowdfunded. Okay. That's Fick. Oh. Fig is a game crowdfunding site. Right. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify that then. I, I saw Fig come up on Google earlier when I was researching this. Didn't really know what it was, so that's why I just said oh, yes, okay. just to be polite. So Fig is, is essentially Kickstarter for games. Yeah. Well, that's interesting what it was, it was crowdfunded because during my research, I didn't do much research because I want, it's just want to be a bit of a chat about the game, but this was developed by a company called Altered Matter and mm. it was funded by Fox Next, which is a division of 20th Century Fox. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I exactly. didn't know that. 20th Century Fox doesn't exist anymore. Taken over by Disney, aren't it? Yeah. And now they are 20th Century Pictures, I think. Oh, I did not know that. Gosh, that's completely yeah. passed me by. Yeah. So in in some bizarre way, this is a Disney game then. That's that's quite an interesting because it's quite quite a. I was going to say it's quite a Disney esque sort of aesthetic, but it's not really, is it? It's, it's very quite pretty. ethereal. Yes, yeah. that's a very good way to. I suppose it's the name Etherborn. So yes. I'll I'll describe I'll describe uh, a review. I'll describe the game through a review that I found online. Etherborn is an elegant leap in the gravity puzzle genre. It's an environmental puzzle platform built on exploring and understanding gravity shifting structures. Now, that does okay. sound a bit bit up itself. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's clarified really what the game is at all. Do you no. want to put it into your own words? It's a bit like a 3D version of Monuments Valley. Crossed, yeah, so... Crossed with a Rubik's Cube. That is that is what I was thinking when I saw Etherborn. I was thinking it looked sort of Monument Valley-esque. Uh, but obviously, people, not everyone will know what Monument Valley is either. So, I, it's that very was, popular, but... Um, a few weeks ago, when the lockdown first began, they were both free on I- iOS um, mm. and Android devices, and I downloaded because I had Monuments Valley One cause when from that when that was free, and Monuments Valley Two became free. And I downloaded that and I sat and played that with my daughter. She was absolutely hooked on it. She loved it, and um, it just reminded me again of what an amazing game it is. So we downloaded Monuments Valley One, yeah. mm. and she's played through that now as well. And just the the atmosphere, the soundtrack, the visuals, uh, the the levels where it, I mean. The whole game is very Escher-esque, but the levels where it does that really well, uh, they, they completely like, make you say, wow. Mm. Um, so um, if you're interested in Williams Valley, if it's still free, I would highly recommend it. You know, it's free, what you've got to lose. It's, yeah. it's well worth a look. I agree. I I think it's a very good game. And uh, Escher, MC Escher, again, for anybody... Uh, I said at the beginning of this, we should give our 
audience the benefit of the doubt denying now I'm explaining everything to them. But Escher is the bloke that does the uh, sort of mind bending drawings, doesn't he? So you might have seen people might have seen the one where there's the two hands that are drawing one another or the or steps. The, the staircase that goes round. Yeah, the never ending staircase yeah. and things like that. So uh, the puzzles take their cue more from the staircase than the than the hands that draw each other, don't, don't they? Yeah, definitely. So Etherborn is a 3D platformer, but it's it's all about, so you're exploring this world and then the edge of the world, it's always platforms that are floating in the air, very abstract. And at the edge of a platform, there might be a curve and you approach the curve and then you go around and then you're on the side of the structure you were on previously. And then you might traverse a bit further and then there's another curve and now you're on the bottom of the structure you were on previously. Okay. And I'm about perhaps three hours into the game and there are now getting puzzles where you have to sort of make leaps across and underneath the platform you've been on previously to find a, a hidden area and stuff like that it's getting to the point where puzzles are solved a bit more by trial and error through than actual logic because it's oh okay. really oh. because i you know i'm, I'm at the uns- i'm on the inside of this structure i know i need to get it there let's try and figure out what which side of the cube in inverted commas the that i'm trying to get to i'm explaining this game really badly it is very difficult to describe it um to be honest so the point in the game I'm at now is where I'm exploring obviously the top of platforms, but as well the underside and the sides of the platforms. I mean, if you imagine a cube, obviously a cube's got six faces. So each each surface you're on, each platform you're on, has got six faces as well. And it's about understanding the way those six faces all link up with each other. So there's a path that you have to find yeah. around that cube, and it only you can only take one route around the cube yes. and you have to figure out what the route is yes, from side to of. side to side to side to side until you get to the point where you need to be so the particular puzzle i'm on at the moment you again if you use the cube metaphor i'm on top of the cube and you might go around to one of the side faces and then go from there to the bottom of the cube and then you then go around to one of the other side faces and then from there because the gravity shifts with you as you go around the cube so now my grab my point of gravity is now from the side of the cube and now I might have to jump across a gap to get to the side of a platform that's floating over in the ether over there mm. and it's about that understanding the logic and looking at the way these platforms um, are positioned in relation to each other and think right I've got to get onto this this face of the cube in order to jump across to get over there yeah it's a it's a very abstract game would be the word I would use to describe it yeah I think you've actually done a good job of thank you trying to explain how it works but obviously it's a bit of a mind-bending it is game very anyway. much so and the idea of having to describe something that bend that is mind-bending it's like you're onto a dead loss anyway <laughs> and relies very heavily on visuals it's very striking bold and colorful it's really mm. bold and visual and again not having those there your character as well for reasons that are the points about the game haven't been explained is a translucent human and you can see i think yeah. it's a she is the my understanding of it or the way i've interpreted it anyway you can see her brain and like her, her cardiovascular system. system but that's it um mm. whether that becomes part of the game the reasoning I, I don't know at the moment the the plot is quite pretentious you get these cut scenes with this british woman talking about about humankind and, and the nature of art and stuff and it is a little bit artsy, but that is how I like my media. I've, I've realised. I've been thinking about um, things I like, like books and films, and I yeah. do like things that are quite, are quite like that. A bit, a bit, bit silly. Up themselves. Yeah, up themselves. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking uh, about uh, the Bone Clocks, for example. Which, you know, you read a few few months ago. Yeah, 
I don't think that's. I think that's actually quite an accessible book. Do you think but it's the, a bit the, the concepts within it are quite pretentious? I would say, but I love it for it. Mm. No, I mean that that there are more pretentious. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say if, if we're talking about David Mitchell, the one the one book that everybody raves about, Cloud Atlas, is Which pretentious. I yeah, I know you do. I don't. I really don't like it. I think it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't achieve what it sets out to achieve and what it was lauded for. Because the idea is that it's this uh, set of six narratives that are all sort of inside one another, like a Matryoshka doll. Mm-hmm. And the reality of that, it's not as it's not as complex as as it was made out to seem when I before I read it. Because you could, what you could do with that book, it's it's really just six separate narratives, and they've been nested inside one another. You could just, you could take the middle one out, stitch the one either side of that together, stitch the other ones together, and you've just got six short stories. That that's what that book is. It's six short stories that have been split in half. Whereas or I find it quite, whereas I find it quite rewarding to read it and be like, oh, okay, so that's how that one links to this. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I was very very disappointed by it, and that's. Fine. Have you seen the film? I've seen a bit of it. It was the Wachowskis, wasn't it? It was, yes. And Tom Hanks. Yeah. See, I really yeah. enjoyed the film, uh, but again, people didn't, didn't, and that was the difference. Mm. <laughs> I went into it thinking this is going to be terrible because everyone says it's terrible, and I really hope it is better than that because I love the book and I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Well, good. I, I'm quite happy you did enjoy it i'm just uh, i was very very underwhelmed by it which meant that i wrote david mitchell off a little bit and then right uh went back to the bone clocks and wasn't expecting too much from it and then really really enjoyed it and i think it's the better of the two books they're certainly his most talked about books those two yeah i'd agree with that and if i was going to recommend one of his books it would be the bone clocks over i would probably agree with that i'd recommend that over the others he did one this is Next book after Cloud Atlas was a book called Black Sheep Green, I think it was called, and it was about it. It wasn't a autobiography, but it it essentially was. It was it was billed as fiction, but it was very autobiographical about mm. a young boy growing up in the early or in the seventies in Britain in a little village and about the adventure he got up to. And it was just very, you know, by numbers straight down the line. Yeah, straight down the line mm. after Cloud Atlas, and um, you know. Anyway, we've we've deviated massively. So yeah, what I was going to say off the back of what you were saying about the game and its aesthetic, uh, the game that comes to mind for anyone that hasn't seen Eatborn, obviously you can search for it. But if you've played Bound on the PlayStation Four or PSVR, then it's got a similar sort of art style to that. It not not one hundred percent the same, but in in terms of what they were trying to do and that artiness that Chris is talking about, Bound is probably the closest thing that I can think. I just done Journey. Yeah, Journey too shares the same sort of uh, feel. Abzu, or any of those um, mm. sort of arty, Journey-esque <laughs> games. But then the, this has got that that puzzle element to it yeah, as well. exactly. So it's available for Switch, PS4, Xbox One and PC. I bought it for £8 while it was on sale on Switch with 40% off. That sale is no longer uh, applied. So I think it's about £15 on Switch at the moment. It is currently available as part of a Humble Bundle for £7.69. I personally would say that it's worth it at that price. Is it worth it at 
15. At the moment, I would say no. I don't, okay. On, is, is eight pounds? Is eight? Is eight pounds forty percent less than? 50, I might have got my maths wrong there. It's about. It might, it, it's about. There. Yeah, there, thereabouts. I definitely go for eight pounds, regardless of how much have been taken <laughs> off it in the in the sale. Okay. Yeah, and it's I, I feel that. I feel that that is a fair amount in terms of the enjoyment I got out of the game so far. I don't think, from what I've read online, I don't think it's a very long game. So the point I'm at in the game, I don't know how close I am to the end or not. But what I've played so far, I have been enjoying quite a lot. If you were to try and recommend this, who would you be recommending it to and who would you be telling to avoid it? That is a very good question. I think that people who enjoy puzzle games obviously would enjoy that. I did mention platformer. I don't think it's a platformer in the traditional sense of the word. If you're a fan of platformers, I'm not sure this would be for you. I think it's just people who enjoy those games we've mentioned. Your Abzu, your Journey, your Monuments Valley, that, that sort of niche of puzzle games i suppose um yeah they're not puzzle games so much are they no not really abstractions i'm not sure how to describe them no i don't know either we no but that's that sort of they're almost a genre in themselves and if you yeah, like those sorts of games then Etherborn might be for you very zen and relaxing and calming yeah that's a good way of putting it which mm. is why i'm playing it at the moment because i am finding it genuinely quite relaxing i don't know how you're feeling at the moment but I, i'm finding it it's tempering some anxieties I'm occasionally feeling at times yeah. during during the lockdown, and I, I I play this and and just find it very calming. The music as well, I must highlight the music in particular is lovely. It yeah. really is very calming. I've used that word several times now, but it is. My game for that at the moment has been Tetris Effect. That's a good call as well. Yeah, which is uh, a it's a PSVR game, but I haven't got the VR, so I just play it on the television. It's got a nice soundtrack. It's got nice visuals. It's got these nice plinky plinky success achievement sounds whenever you do something good. That is keeping me from... Despair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to put it that way, yeah. Yeah. And I think everyone needs a game like that. Definitely. Certainly at the moment. But in general. Yeah. So there we go. That's our our first game for our our lockdown uh, spin-off series. Should I get it, Chris? Yeah, I think you'd like it. You think I'd like it? Mm, I do. So if you've enjoyed any of Ashley's games that he's also previously enjoyed, you might enjoy this. Equally, you might not. That was a really bad recommendation. <laughs> Your first one was good, though, so that's okay. Yeah, cheers. That balances it out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so should we wrap up there then for the, the first of our yeah. special episodes? Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Um, I look forward to seeing what game you waffle at me about next. Yeah, good. I'm glad. It is a good one. Excellent. I look forward to it. See you later. Okay, thank you very much. Bye. Once more, Tony. That's it. Doing your best takes practice and smart eating, like this complete breakfast, including the sweet crunch of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Come on, see if you're any good. Good, very good.